0: Hello, and welcome to Mandatory Reshoots, the movie, review, and trivia podcast. I'm Eric Sweeney, broadcasting live from Chicago, Illinois, USA, Earth. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Connor in Seattle. Hello, Connor.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. Uh, Today, we'll be discussing what we've been watching lately, and end end the podcast with a trivia round, but in between will be uh, this week's main review of Hereditary truly disturbing movie i feel like i'm going to be kind of having ptsd just talking about it but we'll, we'll see how that goes but before we get into that uh let's talk about what we've been watching lately connor what have you been consuming
1: sure it's been a while since we've done this so i might have a lot but i'm gonna kind of blow through it i think um since we last talked uh, i watched luke cage season two and glow season two which i thought were both improvements on their first season. I also watched Jurassic World 2 and Incredibles 2. I'll withhold talking about those since we may review one or both at some time. I know you have no interest in Jurassic World, but I might be able to trick someone else into seeing it. <laughs> um, I saw Thoroughbreds, which was Anton Yelchin's last movie. Uh, it's kind of a new age tethers, if, you've, if you're if you familiar with it. It's um, Anton Yelchin, Anya Taylor-Joy, who is the split and girl from the witch and then olivia cook is the other girl from ready player one and Mia earl and the dying girl and a few other movies if you are familiar with her Mm -hmm. that was good dark very bleak kind of wish anton yelton's last role was a little brighter or you know a little bit more hopeful It, it was not that in green room kind of round out a kind of bleak end to his career, but nonetheless a great career. I really enjoyed seeing him on the screen and he will be missed. I watched Nos Chape, the documentary about the Brazilian soccer team who lost all their players but three in that plane crash. Fox was kind of pushing that with the World Cup coverage and that was a really good and brutal documentary to watch. The first 20 minutes of that was just, it's just rough because it's the players going down and the three three survivors kind of dealing with the aftermath of that and like just a whole section of widows in the stadium, seeing their husbands being brought into the, it's its pretty rough, uh, wow. but still an excellent documentary. If you uh, like sports documentaries or 30 for 30s, it's, it's certainly must-see material. Even if you don't like soccer too, I would uh, encourage people to see that. I've also been watching a show, which is like one of those weird shows where it's not really something I would recommend to everyone. And there's a, better shows out there that I haven't, Watched or caught up on, but I've been watching Into the Badlands on AMC, which is their mm-hmm. kind of martial arts show. If mm-hmm. you've seen anything for it, it um, I just
0: know um, Nick Frost is in it somehow.
1: Nick Frost is in it. I haven't gotten there. I think he's a second season character. I think that uh, was okay. part of my reason for giving it a shot. Also, I'd heard that the fight choreography was outstanding. I have heard that. Yeah it's odd as i said it's not an amazing show it's kind of like in a mashup of firefly and kill bill the world kind of feels like a weird combination of those it mm. has exceptional fight choreography as i said for any medium let alone a tv show but it's also steeped in a lot of action cliches and flat writing the cast is still pretty solid uh the lead daniel Wu, who's from tomb raider and Geostorm, storm has a real latent charisma to his performance there's also a couple that's of, the
0: first and last time you'll mention geostorm on no guess
1: there's no way that'll be the last time I meant, that better be uh, i don't <laughs> know if you well either way if you have seen daniel Wu, he's he's very good in whatever yeah. he's in he just kind of gets stuck in movies like geostorm and he was the sidekick in the the new tomb raider but Stephen lang and martin sokus are also in it and they're both always enjoyable and uh, antagonist to watch. Choose scenery if you've seen either of them in any previous roles. And then Nick Frost, I'm looking forward to his appearance, but I have not seen him yet. So that's kind of not like a full-on recommendation. Uh, If you're a martial arts junkie, I would say yes. Otherwise, I mean, I'll admit I I need to catch up on Legion, and I still haven't watched Leftovers or The Americans, which I feel like are going to be far superior shows, so I feel kind of guilty watching this and highlighting it it kind of reminds me of Netflix lost in space where the production values were so high but the rest of the show was kind of flat and I continued I watched the whole series and I was like man I felt like maybe I could have watched something else but that one element was enough to kind of see me through oh I also watched leave no trace and you were never really here and I would actually add both of those movies to my honorable mentions for 2018 Leave No Trace is with Ben Foster, and then uh, You Were Never Really Here is Joaquin Phoenix's movie a la Taxi Driver where he kind of goes around Travis Bickle-style killing people with a hammer. And uh, yeah, it's about what you would expect from a description like that. Uh, I think that's it for me. Eric, what you got? Uh,
0: quick question. So the, You Were Never Really Here. Uh, when that, I've heard like it's good or he's good in it, mm-hmm. but uh, the first time I heard that, I was like, is that a sequel to his uh like weird documentary he did with casey affleck where it was like he was pretending to be going crazy in real right. life but he wasn't what was that called
1: uh it has a similar name i like i would have accidentally called it that um whatever it was. it is not related to that film or at least not to my knowledge it's a, i'm not here was the original is that, one is,
0: i'm no that's not it it, it It's something that's here is in the title, I
1: thought. Sure, very similar titles. But no, this is a uh, fiction film directed by Lynn Ramsey, I think, who did, we have to talk about Kevin, if uh, people remember that. That was a disturbing movie with Tilda Swinton, John C. Reilly, and um, Ezra Miller, I think. Yeah,
0: right. I have not seen that. I've heard it's disturbing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, But no, this is just kind of like a version of Taxi Driver fused with Old Boy. I would say. It, It feels like a Korean film in terms of brutality and tone I don't love it but there was enough compelling material in there to throw it on an early honorable mention list for sure but not for everyone it's pretty it's pretty out there um,
0: okay. the, the the movie I'm thinking of was I'm still here okay 2010 that's
1: the documentary that yeah that, so uh, almost yeah. ruined I, Joaquin Phoenix's career and uh, earned Casey Affleck those sexual uh, harassment uh, yes. assault allegations.
0: All around a bad idea by both of them for that to make that movie.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Uh, But yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm still here, and then this one is called "You Were Never Really Here." So I thought it was like a follow-up for sure, and I was not looking forward to it. But uh, no, unrelated.
1: A taxi driver, old boy, hybrid. I would call it. If you're looking for something to really take you down a couple notches on a good day, uh, that uh, (laughs) consider that. You know, everyone needs to bring themselves down every once in a while. Eric, what you got?
0: Um, okay I got a few things um, I've been going through a rewatch of Justified uh, a show that oh, nice. I watched uh, live like from the start uh, and I've always been a fan of that show but I never really rewatched it.
1: Really? Um, I watched it I watch yeah. episodes all the time just scattered and I also think we should maybe corner Sam and force him to watch it if he really likes Walton Goggins because it is- yeah that's
0: right he said he never saw it yeah yeah, um, uh, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I I love that show. Um, I but I've never watched it, so I'm going through. Just finishing season one now, and I got like four or five seasons left. So that's just kind of like a little side thing. I'm I'm plowing through. You you um, done
1: with season one, or you're coming up I'm on j- it?
0: Just finishing it. Yeah, I got like one episode left. On.
1: Okay, so you watched. Uh, oh, you have the finale, Bullet Town, left, which is an excellent episode. Ye-
0: yes, yes, exactly. Um, and, like, I haven't seen that season for, like, seven years or eight years ago. Really? So.
1: Oh, there's so much good stuff. That last episode where Arlo betrays Raylan, is one of my favorite scenes in TV history um, in the hotel okay, room. I don't, I don't
0: even remember that. I'll to, All right, well, I'll it's, to...
1: it's in Bullet Town. Certainly look for it. You'll know it when you see it. But it, it's, I think the moment I knew that. Like I had always loved Justified before then, but it was kind of scattershot. I think that's the moment where I knew that Justified was kind of a next level uh, show, at least for me. Is that that yeah. exchange with them?
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. We're looking forward to seeing that. Um, uh, my girlfriend and I finished watched and finished Killing Eve. I don't think we talked about this before. Is this thing, but, uh,
1: Sandra O oh going after a serial killer? Yes, so that's a
0: BBC America uh, eight-episode eight series um, that she plays an American woman but is British because um, she was born there or something. Um, and she works for MI5, and there's this woman's, um, not serial killer, but assassin that's going around. Oh, okay, my mistake. Um, um, but she's, so it's it's an interesting. It's kind of like pulpy, um, with some dark humor to it. Um, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. I was expecting like a crime procedural drama thing, but it's definitely a little, little, little weird, little kooky. Um, and I, I, I think it was pretty good. I think it maybe may had a couple missteps throughout the first season, but it, I'm still like looking forward to season two. The Sandra O oh plays yeah plays the the main character in the assassin. I forget who it's played by, but she's this British woman who's like. Uh, some 20, 22 year old, uh, actress that, uh, was really good. She's, she kind of plays like, her character is kind of like a scarlet witch, like, um, Natalia Romanoff, who's like, grew up and like, uh, raised as an assassin kind of a thing. Black widow um, or
1: scarlet witch.
0: Oh, did I say scarlet witch? Yeah. I'm a black widow. Oh,
1: I was like, Sorry. she's got superpowers. I'm no, interested no. now. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. Like black widow. She was raised as a child to be an assassin. Gotcha. And now she's doing, um, kind of the bidding, of this secret group or something but she's just kind of crazy and goes off off on her own and does some crazy stuff um but the the actress does a really good job um so it was kind of it was fun it was definitely fun and i would recommend it it's only it's short too it's eight episodes um but that's that's kind of like we were talking about into the badlands like that's three seasons right now that you're gonna have to go through um and that's those are seasons you could be watching leftovers
1: well and... in in same on the same uh wavelength in the badlands are maybe five episodes a season i think or six. Oh, really they're very oh, short wow. <laughs> reflective okay. of the amount of work that needs to go into that type of fight choreography so they almost have a british mini season as a result so i, I oh, did consider so... that if they're like 20 okay. episodes then yeah. yeah you can yell at me but i'm still yet to lose a bet to you, to watch the the lay uh, the leftovers. It usually takes losing a bet to you to watch uh, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. What What else was there that you, I tried to get you to watch.
1: Oh, you tried trying to get the me to finish Portal Two, and you lost. Oh my that god! Bet. And then you. Every time you bet me to watch something, you lose. So. But
0: just... like, if even when you lose, you win. You get to experience this great. Oh, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, have, I can't believe you're. My, I can't believe you haven't finished Portal Two. Uh, did you ever finish The Witness?
1: Uh, no, I, I was talking oh, to... Stop, stop, stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moving on.
0: What, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Indefensible.
1: Sorry. Um, I was actually talking to Zach, uh, our friend Zach who was in and had asked me about this. Uh, the Witness was just odd. I, I was playing it and it's a very complex system and I think I left for vacation uh, for like a month or something and when I came back I felt like I would have to start over. So it's something I will circle around to but I had lost all kind of feel for its um puzzles and systems so so like i've gone
0: yeah they came out like two or three years ago and i've gone back and played it like two or three times and you know each time you kind of remember some of the puzzles but you're you're still like relearning a lot so yeah if you start from the beginning and just do it again uh it's i think it's one of the best games ever it's the way that you think and Kind of figure out things and if you can't figure it out you go somewhere else and then that teaches you how to do it and the yeah. other yeah it's yeah I, hopefully you get back in i
1: yeah. intend to circle around to it um i mean I, I circle around to braid to replay it every once in a while so yeah yep. certainly would for the witness okay.
0: sorry for that random video game aside on puzzle games but um yeah, killing you is pretty good. We've also been um, just kind of rewatching Harry Potter movies, uh, just kind of putting them on and watching them. Nice. Um, my, gr- my girlfriend was doing that, but and then I was kind of getting invested in, like, oh, I want to watch these again. Um, I, I can't believe how good the third movie is. It's,
1: oh, Alfonso Cuarón, of course. Yeah,
0: it's Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite book. I read all the books, and that was the that was by far the best. Well, maybe not by far, but it was my, definitely my favorite book. But I think it's by far the best movie of the entire set. and yeah, it's just, I think
1: everyone universally agrees it's the best. Caron has the most uh, stylistic stamp in terms of everyone. The people who followed, even after him, like Yates, uh, are, are very good. I enjoy all the movies, even the early ones. But Caron's got the most distinct stamp on his movie, for sure.
0: Right, but, he, but even going from the first two to this one, it's just staggering how. Well,
1: Yeah, but that, I feel like, is slightly unfair to Christopher Columbus, who did the first two, just because of of the age he had the kids at, and the kind of budgets, I'm sure, were limited until they were a success. So Curone probably had, you know, the easiest job in the sense that, as you said, the best book, the kids were a little bit older, and at that point, they're a success, so they're probably going to give you a reasonably sized budget. So I think he had a little bit easier of a job than Chris Columbus had for launching the uh, franchise.
0: Um, sure, but like the, the the third book, the third movie came out just two years after the second movie. Like it wasn't that long of a time, but um, I, I just think this. Even if the, you're dealing with young younger actors, and they're fine in the first two, but they really they all really make a, a step forward. Um, in the third movie, and they have gotten older, but they're also like pretty good actors. They really, I think they did a good job with casting the the the, the main three. But um, but I just feel like the first two movies are just kind of like there's, there's no lot of substance to them. It's just and maybe it is a budget and stuff, but it's just like books. It's like a video form of a book. It didn't really
1: well. I've, seem... I've reread the books uh, in the last couple of months. And I've noticed that also that the books also get more mature. So it, it's, I'm sure kind of a yeah evolution of that too. I mean, the first two read like kids books, then about prisoner of Azkaban, it, it certainly moves into like kind of young adult territory. And then by Deathly Hallows, it, it's still young adult then, but it's, you know, there's some serious stuff in there. So there's a progression to the books. There's a progression to the movies. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Prisoner of Azkaban is easily the best. We we watch the movies every year at Christmas time because there's like one Christmas scene in each of them, so we just make it kind of a weird faux tradition. And sure. there's enough movies that I we kind of forget you know everything in there because there's just so much material, and it's actually a lot of fun to watch them every year around that time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we're, we're kind of finishing up the series now. Um, I kind of forgot how boring the the part one of deadly hollows the movie was there's yeah. not a lot going on there just kind of camping and fighting um and i remember kind of like every every little book and movie i have always had like one issue one or two issues here or there but it, the prisoner of Reyes command i think is just flawless um Agreed. and god i think goblet of fire is maybe my second favorite in the fourth book but yeah the
1: um, tournament's pretty fun and deathly hollows part one is boring with the exception of the um tale of the deathly Hollows, the animated part i really yeah that that is that is pretty cool but outside of Uh, that it's boring
0: yep yep. okay um and then lastly uh the handmaid's tale we just started that i've only seen one episode but i've heard good things it's been on on the list for a while but it also i also knew it was going to be depressing it's very Um, hard to watch yes yes uh the first episode uh inclusive of that um so yeah i've heard it's good and it's uh, got a ton of Emmys this morning, um, a ton of Emmy uh, nominations. Um, so things are. Everyone seems to love it. it. Just you know, it's on Hulu, so it's kind of hard harder to watch uh, if you don't have Hulu. But um, so we are just started that though. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the report back on that later. Nice. Um, it has a lot of good actresses and actors in it, though. I was kind of surprised. I had no idea some of the people that were in it.
1: Yeah, Elizabeth um, Moss is uh, particularly good.
0: The master, headmaster, teacher, woman. Um, she's an hereditary and Dowd.
1: Oh yeah, she's the woman who uh, comes to see Tony Colette often, and, and like keeps running into her in the parking yeah. lot.
0: Well, another uh, reason to watch uh, The Leftovers is she's she's amazing in that. Oh, okay. Uh, but um, well, bet me
1: on something, and if I lose, I'll watch it.
0: Okay, I bet I get over fifty percent on this trivia.
1: I don't like that. Uh bet me on the World Cup. Pick a team and okay. I'll take
0: Well what it? what happens if you win?
1: Uh I don't know. I'll, I'll decide after. Uh <laughs> oh, okay you, you uh what wait was it oh uh, I'll suggest something for you to watch and you'd only have to watch an episode
0: I'm gonna take France so you you're the underdog uh here what so I get
1: I get, Cro- I get scrappy Croatia, man, I feel like I'm gonna win this.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm gonna be rooting for Croatia. I just think France is gonna win. Uh, so okay, I'll take France. If France wins, you have to watch two episodes. The first two episodes of the leftovers. All right. Okay, but, um, so you'll you'll have to pick. You gave me two episodes of something to watch. Yeah. And...
1: Give me give me a give me like yeah like a day to think about that. Yeah. No right now, I'd say Justified. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, used to I'll... be my. I used to bet people to watch Justified because I'd have to kind of force them, or we I'd do a show exchange with people just straight up where I'd be like, all right, you watch one season of this and I'll watch one season of something you suggest and justified was always my pick for that. Nice.
0: Okay, cool. Well, yeah, let me know what that is. Um, all right. So that was, yeah, handmaid's tale. We just finished talking about So uh, that's it for me. Um, so if you're ready, we'll move on to our main review of hereditary the new pixar
1: Um, movie hereditary
0: (laughs) do not take your kids to hereditary um so the plot line the main uh, synopsis on imdb for hereditary is after the family matriarch passes away the grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets Hmm. Uh, so that really doesn't say much about the film. Just know that it's kind of a psychological horror, maybe some supernatural going on. Um, this is directed by first-time director Ari Aster, uh, starring Tony Collette, Alex Wolfe, Millie Shapiro, Anne Dowd, and Gabrielle Byrne. Gabriel. Um, Gabriel. 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 Gabriel Byrne. Yes. Um, yeah, So I. I really like this. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again, though. (laughs) Uh, um, It was, you know, me me and a couple friends like to go see these kind of movies. We we went and... You have a um, horror
1: group? I'm kind of surprised, I have to admit.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, I only like good horror movies. And I, and (laughs) I, I, I I don't like do the slasher, gory stuff, like... I don't know. There's some other ones I'm thinking. Like, The Purge, too. Like, I wouldn't watch that. I don't know if that's horror, but... It's um, so only
1: a highbrow horror, man.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like, it's got to be a good movie, not just, like, it has a couple jump scares or something. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I heard great things about this, so we wanted to go see it, and we'd heard that it's pretty frightening and uh, disturbing, and that was very true. Uh, I I was just tense the entire movie, I definitely think you, if you want to see this movie, you should go see in a the theater with other people. Um, I yeah, I mean, I don't think there was not a lot of like jump scares. There was a few here or there, um, but mostly it's just kind of like the setting, and the just the atmosphere of it. A lot of the shots uh, I thought were really well done, and there was a there's a couple kind of near the end that I just kind of stay in one spot and let the let the viewers kind of figure out what's going on and then they see something and they're like, oh shit, that's something's gonna happen. Uh, I yeah, so I thought it was great. but even even besides like the horror side of it and and how well it was, looked and was made, like I think the story is kind of interesting and I thought there was one thing I liked and maybe probably noticed half of the stuff but the other half I kind of read about later was there's so much in the film that foreshadows really what's going on and
1: the the breadcrumbs
0: yeah like yeah there's a lot of that and then like once you know the ending you're like oh so that's why this was this and this was this like uh, there's a lot of that that makes you like to go back and think about and it kind of makes makes it you know makes it a more rewarding experience Um, although it's not something you want to dwell on too much like I think there's been a couple times where I've woken up in the middle of the night and I just kind of picture um, the mom just hanging out in the corner of my room. Mm. Hereditary uh, which be, has
1: followed you home.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe um, it would be more disturbing that way. Like, I think um, I saw Paranormal Activity the first the, one of the first times anyone could see it at the music box uh-huh. uh, right after I moved to Chicago, and we saw it like Thursday night midnight. Lying out the door, we got in for free, and it it was one of the best movie-going experiences I've ever had. Uh, and I—I I just freaked the hell out. And I came home that night, and the light in my closet randomly turned on, uh, which is also a plot point in, like, something that happens in Paranormal Activity. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that—that that was pretty freaky. So I—I I will, but I didn't come home from this thinking anything like that. I don't—I don't normally do that, but. Uh, but we did. Uh, my, my buddy, he normally walks home from the theater. He was like, uh, do you guys want to maybe give me a ride this time?
1: Really? <laughs> we, I'm uh, surprised d- a ride would be the solution after after this movie, yeah. considering <laughs> what happens in the car on the yes. way home. Especially yes, if he sure. has any peanut allergies and you get Yes.
0: Him, yeah, like, and I I've read a comment somewhere where it's like uh, that, you know, the... You know, big pharma really just ruining um, this movie because if the epipens weren't so expensive, they'd probably have more hand more lying around.
1: Yeah, it looked like the family owned one epipen for Charlie, and they always kept yeah. it in really weird places.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought it was great. But uh, Connor, what, what 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 do you think about before we go into more details?
1: Uh, I have one word for this movie. Boring. Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. I I heard people criticize this movie for being boring. And I was like, are we watching the same movie? Even if you don't like where the third act goes, this is an incredibly tense movie. Um, No, I I agree with everything you say. I'm just going to be like underneath you because I don't uh, exactly like where the third act ends up. Although I I acknowledge, and I'm with you, the breadcrumbs are there. The groundwork uh, is done well. So it's not like there's no evidence or you know you know no foreshadowing it's just like i think it was more that i was expecting a movie like the Duke which was a kind of i fun. haven't seen
0: that just don't spoil it
1: okay um i okay i was expecting uh, i'll get broad i was expecting a movie that w- was more about the subtext and like extended metaphors and this went pretty literal and it just kind of threw me for a loop. And I think that disoriented me in the sense that, you know, the ending is supposed to be taken literally when I was kind of parsing through it to see if this was still a conceit about mental illness. And then it's like, oh, this is like this is kind of like the Wicker Man ending. This isn't like uh, the well, I heard Exorcist comparisons, but it's like maybe Rosemary's Baby and the Wicker Man are more apt. Uh, comparisons in terms of where they end up like you know the ending of The Wicker Man reminded me a lot of this where it's just like some cult chanting and you're just like where how did we end up here um, uh, spoiler territory we're already kind of there I feel yeah, like yeah. yeah I. I. so in that sense I would like to see it again and see it with the shifted expectations to a more literal movie this more like you know cult horror movie than a uh you know i was looking for a kind of a subversive subtext about mental illness which it's still there and it plays a part uh well in the sense that you question a lot of what's going on with tony collette because mental illness is certainly uh part of her life and in that regard i, I guess i just had kind of doubled down on it being a movie about mental illness and it'd be it a little bit more literal. yeah
0: Yeah, that's interesting expectations you're going in. Like, I I didn't really think about any of that. Um,
1: Yeah. Um, But having said that, I think Toni Collette is, like, awesome in this movie. Oh, yeah. She maybe never gets the credit she deserves, and she's just, like, a force in this movie. Um, And she never, as I said, gets the credit she deserves. And also, can we talk about the fact that, I must forget this, like, every five years, that she's Australian, Mm -hmm. And that makes her, you know, American mother string Like all that more impressive to me Because she plays it so seamlessly And you hear her talk in interviews And you're just like, wow, you are really good
0: Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot about that I thought she was maybe British because she was in About a Boy But uh, yeah, she's just kind of pretty versatile I don't know if I've ever Has she ever been in a movie with her own accent?
1: Not that I can remember Um, Yeah So Hats yeah, off but, to uh, Tony Collette. I mean, the acting in this is superb. Yes. Um, Alex Wolf, Alex has, Wolf, and, uh, and Millie Shapiro um, yeah. are exceptional. Gabriel Byrne, I always love, but he doesn't have you know a whole lot to uh, to do other than just kind of be the rock in the storm of uh, family madness. Yeah,
0: the poor guy, he just was so worried that everyone getting cold and going outside that he lights <laughs> up on fire. <laughs>
1: yeah it was a rough it was a rough run for Gabriel Byrne, but he tried his best. He tried to be reasonable. Um, but he was he was just too beautiful for this world.
0: Yeah, yeah poor poor fake Sose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: I would love to see a Charlie and Paymon spin off about their time together growing up where Paymon is seen as like a harmless imaginary friend. A la Drop Dead Fred or like Moon Boy, but every once in a while he'll make her like cut off the head of a bird or drown a cat. While Randy Newman's You Got a Friend in Me plays, <laughs> like I would be really into like even if it was just something on the DVD like five minutes, I would yeah I'd be super into that. But um, yeah, that uh, it's a it's an unsettling movie. I, it's not jump scare reliant as you mentioned. and it's it gets under your skin in a way that you think about over the course of the week it's like those two decapitations specifically stay with me and probably will for a long time it's just like that scene the first one with charlie is is a very good bit of tense um
0: oh yeah and then and even after that happens you're just following peter as he drives home and just lay like he just lays in bed and you're just you're waiting until morning just like he is and then you hear the mom go outside and you're like oh shit yeah i thought that that, uh,
1: shot to the skull and it's just like jesus christ um yeah yeah, the the sequence in the car reminded me a lot of the ending of prisoners when um jake gyllenhaal's got the girl in the car and he's trying to get her to um yeah yeah. the the hospital and it's just like tense madness i mean obviously different results and different genres kind (laughs) of but just just well just the tension and, and the setup is very similar. Yeah, I thought that whole sequence was done well, especially Alex Wolf's kind of reaction or non-reaction was was very Yeah, there's there's a handful of scenes that I think are fantastic. That that sequence um Tony Collette and Alex Wolf arguing at at dinner that one time Tony oh, Collette God. I don't remember if it ends up being a dream, but the scene where Tony Collette is standing over him and says she wishes that she wasn't her his mother and kind of right. immediately regrets it and so, all the
0: and then um like ends up being soaked in gasoline or something
1: yeah a la the yeah. previous mention that she once doused the kids in gasoline and was about to light them on fire
0: yeah so that's that that's the kind of stuff that i like to think about later because like her subconscious was trying to stop this whole possession and payment from stop, from coming. She didn't want to be a mom. She, when she did have kids, she didn't want the grandma near him. And then she finally let the grandma near, she didn't like grandma near Peter, let grandma near Charlie. And then that's when she got Charlie possessed by payment. Right. Um, and then the whole time she's, you know, she has this sick feeling that she's not un, in control her mom's got to hold out on her kids and her family and herself. Um, I just thought that was really fascinating, just looking back at that and like
1: the family history, like the, yeah, the two elder yeah, males yeah, so, killed themselves because they thought the mother was trying to force things into them, which turns out to be, you know, paymon. Yeah,
0: it was. It was the grandma's husband and her son were yeah. the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just disturbing. And then like the all the entire all the cult. That was just kind of watching them the entire time. Like I think went one. one I, I missed I missed one, but apparently like after, um, Gabriel Byrne was um, lit on you know lit on fire and tied. Like they cut to a shot outside the house, and you can see all the cult members standing around the house. Yeah, um, there's
1: a couple shots of naked people walking through the yeah,
0: forest. and there's also um, uh, at one point you s- you're watching the house from outside, and you see Peter like smoking out oh, the window, man, and it then it's like s- someone
1: blows smoke back.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it was just someone breathing outside in the cold. Yeah. but That, it, was, uh, that was a
1: nice subtle touch there. I, I did notice yeah. that. And then, like, oh. even the guy smiling at Charlie at the funeral in the beginning, and you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah,
0: he shows up later, too. Like, uh, everyone who you see shows up. Um, what did you think of? So, at the very end, when he's, you know, Charlie Paymon is inside of Peter, and they go to the treehouse.
1: And, this is and. kind of where I, I felt it. So the third act, not only do I not exactly like where it ends up, but there's some unintentionally funny parts that I think are just like slight missteps. And it took me out of, out of the experience a little bit. Um, I mean, granted, there's some really tense sequences like the, as you mentioned, there's those shots that just static shots that linger until you kind of search the frame and see someone hiding in the background which are which are great and Tony Collette chasing him into the attic and pounding your head is a really cool oh, visual effect yeah. uh followed by the, the self decapitation which is extremely uh disturbing but yeah. um I don't know there's just like one or t- like Tony Collette's body floating up looks a little goofy his just oh, jumping out was... the window is a little goofy uh, Alex Wolf's jumping out the window oh, the execution yeah. of it um and then Again, it's the groundwork's all there for the cult. It's just when, when I got there, I was like, what? Like, it's not, it, they earned it. I just don't know if I'd like it, if that makes sense.
0: Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I've heard that people, uh, uh, laughed kind of like in, in the theater. On um, yeah, was, I, I had a lot of um,
1: unintentional laughter and I, I saw some interviews where they tried to dismiss it. Like the, the people involved with the movie tried to dismiss it and say that when people are uncomfortable, that that's the type of reaction you do and it's like i I didn't necessarily agree with that i thought there were one or two parts that were executed a little goofy which is fine the movie does too much right to have it unravel for those moments but just kind of i think that's what has me a little bit lower on the enthusiasm level than you even though i think this is a fantastic film
0: okay yeah I'd, i'd heard about that but i i um one of the podcasts i listened to they mentioned how to kind of ruined the movie for them the other people were laughing at it um and yeah, you know, i was kind of worried about that but that didn't really happen in our theater did you um, see I it say, the I, music box no no i, I go to the regal uh, webster pretty much exclusively now just because of the reserve seats and recliners there oh um, yeah
1: i used those today they're phenomenal i used the regal uh seattle regal today to see leave no trace and it was fantastic
0: nice oh by the way are you gonna do you have an amc over there or are you gonna get the amc Stubbs thing
1: I always uh, we, we do. It's right next to the Regal. I always um, entertain the idea, but I haven't yet.
0: Well, one of the podcasters I listen to is talking about quite a bit. He lives in Seattle, um, okay. and he uh, it's like twenty bucks. And so if you see a like two movies in a month, you've made it. You've, you're saving
1: money already. All right, um, I'll have to utilize it. I, I don't like going to the Regal and AMC all that much because we have a smaller theater chain in Seattle that I. I called the sif that i'd rather support Oh, uh, okay yeah and it's in the neighborhood too but um those are really nice theaters too I, I don't mind them that much
0: okay um okay yeah so the other thing i was gonna say so like oh um charlie so it seemed like charlie was like possessed almost the entire time of her life right by Haman, and the only time that we actually see the real charlie is when they she the
1: ouija board
0: when they do the sands and she takes over her mom's body and just like she had a it was totally different than the charlie we had seen that was really quiet and weird um she was like asking for her mommy and really you know i thought that was i don't know i thought that that was another thing i thought about later she was like oh that's the only time we actually saw or heard the actual Charlie.
1: fairly disturbing thought to think that this child has essentially been trapped since you know whatever like if if the mom passed it through breastfeeding or whatever was implied since Charlie was an infant then. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, sucky life for Charlie, like raw deal for Charlie. Uh, I'm glad she got some time on this earth, uh, to chomp those chocolate bars and, um, you know, live in her tree house, but not a great life for Charlie. She, no. she got a raw deal. No, uh, not at all.
0: But I thought I'm really interested in what this uh, director does next because I, I thought he did a pretty outstanding job. Um, I really liked the use of the miniatures in the first shot when he zooms in on a miniature and then it turns into the, 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 the kid's room. Um, and it's kind of a nice little theme throughout the whole movie of like miniatures and not being in control and yeah. someone else controlling you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought that was good and I'm looking forward to whatever he does next, I think. I don't know if I read somewhere that he has something... Yeah, he's got a movie coming out. Um, he's in pre-production of his next film with the same A20, A24 20 a production company called Midsummer, okay. That I'm sure is going to be uh, and then, uh, something interesting. Something I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, A24 is uh, pretty much the best. I'll see 90, 80% of what they put out, I think. I, I usually try to track down.
0: Yeah, they've been, they've been pretty damn solid um it's uh yeah they just all the stuff they do is pretty interesting did you ever see under the silver lake did we talk about that
1: i don't think it's out yet it's wasn't yeah. that out yet
0: oh yeah uh, that's why we talked about it you talked about it um no it's played our, at
1: some festivals to. yeah
0: december 7th it'll be released
1: yeah uh it got a little bit more lukewarm reviews than i was hoping for because i do like it follows quite a bit in terms of indie horror um but yeah, I don't know. I'm still excited to see it. I'm I'm not reviews won't scare me off of things I want to see altogether.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's it for me. Uh, did you? So when they showed, um, when he woke up and the mom was hanging hanging in the corner, did you see her right away? Um,
1: no. Or did it... Those were the static shots I was talking about, and this was. I like stuff like that. This was the strength of kind of circling around. to It follows is. Uh, have you seen It Follows, Eric? I uh,
0: have not. No, that's. Oh really? Nicholas.
1: Oh yeah. man, you gotta. If you like indie horror of this ilk, I mean, It Follows is another great one. And It Follows' strength was that you would often be left combing the frame. If you saw it in theaters, you'd be left combing oh. the frame. Do you know the setup of It Follows? I, I do. Yeah. Okay. So there's bit. always this monster supernatural entity pursuing the girl constantly at a very slow pace but they set up all these shots where they'll be like talking in a field and you'll see kind of like a landscape behind them and you're always like the entire movie you're just combing the frame looking for something to kind of like pop up in the frame in the distance and and there's a couple times they do kind of execute that so it's a really good way to kind of have this constant paranoia and i think um, this film also did a good job of that, where it would just give you a static shot, and you would just kind of like, kind of search the frame, and then you're just like, oh, okay, what? Yeah,
0: I, I, I think I, you know, I was kind of looking at him and looking around him, and then I kind of heard like some people like gasp, gasp or yeah. stuff, and like, oh wait, what? Oh, and then I, because I had seen it, bef- seen it a little bit, but I didn't know what it was, or I didn't really register it, and then I was like, oh wait, that's that's not supposed to be there um that was that was pretty terrifying and then again and then again when he was downstairs uh she was again in the corner and then so i did have i was confused on that so he turned and saw like this person in in the in the doorway
1: uh-huh. a
0: naked person was that a cult member
1: uh either that or the grandmother yeah either, like i
0: i the grandmother was headless so
1: right um I don't know. There was still some stuff I'm confused on, and again, a, a second watching I think would would uh, work. So I forget who's chasing whom at what at what point.
0: Well, it, yeah, he just kind of turns and sees that person. that like, kind of smiling. I thought it it was maybe it looked like I thought it was like a dead body that had come to life, but it may have just been it was old and it was dark. The bar the body was old, uh, yeah. the person. Um, but then, yeah, that, that was the one of the jump scares right after that is when he runs away and his mom is chasing him. Um, um and then was one other comment I saw. oh, um, when she's, um, mourning the loss of Charlie, she's on the ground kneeling and wailing and, um, Gabriel Burns there to try and console her, but that's like the same pose that her body makes at the end of the movie. Oh. Um, and I thought that was kind of a nice little imagery little bit because um, then that, that was charlie's decapitated head that she was leaning yeah. towards at the,
1: charlie's head um, made it to the treehouse
0: yeah pretty pretty frightening and scary i we shouldn't have talked so long about it i don't know i'm gonna i'm getting chills just thinking about it
1: hey man we could have made this a five minute review <laughs>
0: okay all right well i think that's uh all right why don't it. we um,
1: rate it before you wake up in cold sweats and yes. uh, what you got
0: I'm gonna go Um I'll go with B plus.
1: Okay. I'm between a B and a B plus. Sell me sell me on B plus.
0: Okay. Oh, sell you on B plus. Um you wanna watch it again. Uh-huh. Uh, there's it's really good. Uh it's it's well shot. Uh, the amount of just the atmosphere and the tension created by that. Like you you were into it, Connor. Like you were you were all in. Maybe the third act you threw your for a loop, but that's only because you were, had some stupid expectations going into it. That's all.
1: <laughs> you insult my expectations. <laughs> I'll give it a B plus, despite, hey, despite the insult. So, yeah, hats off to, what's his name, the director? What's the director's name?
0: Uh, Ari, I Ari Aster.
1: Ari Aster. Hats off to you, and we look forward to what you do in the future. We will watch it
0: yes for sure okay so that concludes our review for hereditary uh let's move on to a little bit of trivia round uh yeah. sam samless trivia
1: that's right samless trivia allows me to go a little crazier because there's no repercussions for giving you unfair questions which is great <sighs> fair enough for me here we go question one australian actress tony collette is no stranger to playing matriarchs to children harassed by the supernatural or occult Name two other movies where she must protect her children from supernatural forces. So you can't use hereditary.
0: Oh, man. Two other. Um, well, Sixth Sense. Okay. Um, was, she, was she in. Uh, no, she wasn't in that What was that movie with Kevin Bacon that was really good? Um, Stir of Echoes? Stir of Echoes. Yeah, it's not Stir of Echoes. I will say No, it's awesome. not. I know. No. Um, I
1: don't know. One's a a vampire-based movie, and the other's a Christmas-based movie.
0: Oh, is she in Krampus?
1: Uh, I'll accept as an answer. It it is the other one, so yes.
0: What was Uh, the first? Well, we'll get get around to it. uh, It was Fright
1: Night, where she's Anton Yelchin is her kid, the Fright Night remake with Colin Farrell and Anton Yelchin, but um, correct for number one. All right, question two, Gabriel Byrne. Who plays the father Steve? Really, the only tethered character in the film, unfortunately, does not survive the family's descent into madness after he is Gabriel burned to death by a possessed <laughs> diary. Name three other movies where Gabriel Byrne dies.
0: Ooh, uh, *Usual Suspects*. Okay. Um, how many other movies is he in? It feels like
1: I got, I got six for these movies. answers. I'll knock it down to two. Give me a second one. Gabriel
0: Byrne. Um, it's
1: a lot of like not late '90s, early 2000s horror yeah. movies that he was in. One at sea, one that takes place in a lot of <laughs> oh, churches. Man.
0: A lot of churches. Uh, the the uh, uh, the sea one. I I know what you're I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. Uh, oh,
1: come on, it's such a generic name.
0: Yeah. Um, How is that? No, I don't, I don't have
1: it. All right. Don't give it to me. Question three. Millie Shapiro, who plays Charlie, the idiosyncratic, dub-bar-chomping, clucking one-time vessel for Paymon, is no stranger to the spotlight. Despite being only 15, she already has a Grammy nomination for what musical theater adaptation oh, of this Roald Dahl book? Matilda. Question four. Alex Wolf, who played Peter, um... Uh, whose first-rate brothering accidentally gets his little sister decapitated by a telephone pole, has seen his star rise recently with roles in Hereditary, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Patriot's Day. Wolf is also no stranger to the spotlight, a one-time child star on the Nickelodeon show The Naked Brothers Band, a show uh, show which depicted the life and times of a tween rock band duo composed of Alex and his real-life older brother, Alex's older brother has a budding second-stage career of his own, starring in Death Note, The Fault in Our Stars, and Paper Towns. Name this older Wolf brother.
0: Oh. Uh, Joe Wolf.
1: Joe Wolf. Uh, question five. Name two other A24 horror releases.
0: Ooh. Now, you were throwing me for a loop with, uh um you kept mentioning it follows but i don't it think thats is. Is
1: not uh, yeah. i'll say it's not because i don't want to mislead you it's not a no, no, 24. No. yeah, yeah
0: no, no i thought it was um based on the talking uh it comes at night and um which i haven't seen and the witch
1: okay question six as it stands currently hereditary is distributor a24's second highest Domestic grossing film of all time with $42 million. Name one other A24 movie on their top five grossing films list.
0: Um, I'll go with uh, The Witch.
1: Okay. Question seven. HBO's adaptation of Gillian Flynn's sharp objects debuted last week to strong reviews. This will be the third adaptation of Flynn's best-selling novels. Name the other two.
0: No. Gun, uh, Gone Girl and Charlize Theron was in it.
1: Yeah. Can you name it?
0: Does it start with dark?
1: It does. Dark places. Oh, wow. Nice pull. Uh, it question: It's pretty
0: close to, to pieces, whatever the, the new... What's the sharp objects? Sharp objects, okay. dark places? Yeah. 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 For sure.
1: Okay. Question eight What kills more people? a year in the US, peanut allergies, phone pole decapitations, cult meddling, shark attacks, lightning strikes, or falling icicles. And you get a bonus point if you can get the top answer and put the rest in descending order too. Um,
0: Falling icicles. For top? No. Uh, mm, I'll go with falling icicles for top, peanut allergy, um uh lightning shark cult
1: okay and phone pole decapitations last yeah okay question nine the 1999 romantic comedy 10 things i hate about you is loosely based on shakespeare's taming of the Shrew. what stain was what state was it filmed in and take place so what yeah what where does it take place
0: Ten things I hate about you.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. another bonus point question. Uh, deep dive bonus point question. If you can name the golf enthusiast who hosts the unintentionally. Uh, oh come on! Get out of here! What, house
0: see, party. Stop! Stop! Seattle, yeah. Washington, hosted by Bogey Lowenstein, waiting yeah. for Nigel with debris.
1: Ooh, good stuff. All right. Question ten. According to Bloody, uh, the website Bloody Disgusting, what U.S. state has hosted the most horror movies? Um, sorry, that's phrased oddly. What? So what? How? What state has the most horror movies take place within that uh, state? Uh, I'll go with Texas. Okay. And that should round out your trivia round. Let's see how you did. I think you did pretty well. Uh, You got over 50%, which is why I was not going to take that bet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, Question one. Tony Collette's uh, mothering and horror movies. Uh, You said Sixth Sense and Krampus. You were correct. As I mentioned earlier, Fright Night remake was the other one that would have counted um she plays a lot of mothers uh in dysfunctional families a la those three and um little miss sunshine and way way back and etc about a boy too i suppose um gabriel burns deaths in movies you said usual suspects and you couldn't come up with the one at sea which is called ghost ship oh Uh, yeah he was also in end of days and died in that which was the one i was hinting at with churches he also dies in Dead Man, uh, The Man of the Iron Mask, and Assault on Precinct 13 Remake. Uh, unfortunately, did not come up with a second answer, though. Uh, question three, Millie Shapiro's Grammy nomination was for Matilda. Nice get on that. I was going to give you a hint about being a Danny De- DeVito-directed movie, but you did not need that hint. Um question 4 you the wolf brother you guessed joe wolf which i suppose is a good guess but it's unfortunately it's nat wolf is the older brother who was in uh a few uh movies including the john green adaptations of fault in our stars and paper towns uh f- number 5 named two horror two other horror releases by a24 you said the witch and it comes at night which is correct uh green room under the skin tusk Black Coats Daughter, The Monster, and Enemy would have been acceptable, even though Enemy's kind of Mm -hmm. not a horror movie. But I would have given it to you. It does have giant spiders in it. Um, Question six: Name one other movie on A24's top five grossing list. You guessed The Witch, just barely got it in. Witch is number five at 25 million. Their top grossing movie of all time is actually Lady Bird at 49 million. Hereditary is number two. Moonlight number three at 28 million. Ex Machina at 25 and as as we mentioned the witch at uh 5 it also at 25 um Gillian Flynn's adaptations question 7 you got this right gone girl and dark places uh where the other two gone girl is the far superior of those two uh dark places was kind of a bad adaptation for some reason um, question 8 What kills more people in a year Peanut allergies, phone pole, captations, Cult meddling, shark attacks, lightning strikes Or falling icicles You guessed, falling icicles as the top Unfortunately, peanut allergies uh, is the top um, 75 to 100 people die a year in the US from nut allergies 51 people die a year from being struck by lightning So that's 2 15 ooh. people are uh, icicle related deaths in the US um, Shark attacks in the US are about 1 a year and I could find no actual stats on phone de- phone pole decapitations and cult meddling, so you could have put those two wherever on the list, and I would have accepted them.
0: They don't want you to get that data.
1: No, I would I would have been a little disturbed if that would have been out there. Um, question 9, 10 things I hate about you. question. You killed it, plus the bonus point. It, it was filmed and takes place in Seattle, Washington, and Tacoma, Washington, the Schomburg of uh, Seattle. And uh, Bogey Lowenstein was indeed... Uh, waiting for Nigel and the Brie. Eric knows his 10 things I hate about you. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, question 10, which state has the most horror movies set in it? You guessed Texas. Very good guess, but unfortunately not the correct guess, uh, or at least according to this graphic. Like I, I don't know how to track all the horror movies, but just according to this uh, graphic, it's California, just by sheer size and I think yeah. you know, the convenience of shooting in Hollywood. They had 10 movies listed, Scream, Lost Boys, The Fog, Night of the Demons, Poltergeist, the Birds, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, When a Stranger Calls, Paranormal Activity, The Howling, Vacancy, Land, and Zodiac, uh, Maine, Texas. Zombieland? And, uh, this isn't my list, but yes. Um, <laughs> Maine, uh, New York, and Texas were the runners-up, uh, so good guess on Texas. Texas, Chainsaw Massacre, and <laughs> From Dusk Till Dawn, especially. Uh, what did that put you at, Eric, with, uh, you got the bonus point? I got, for...
0: uh, not that, not that much. Six out of ten.
1: Ooh, still would have been enough for me. I don't know how the,
0: these bonus questions move. I think it's just for fun when you say, and a bonus, if you get this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. with yeah. no real stakes, just yep. whatever. Um, yep. cool. That rounds out hereditary-based trivia. Eric did a satisfactory job, or, uh, is that a failing grade? I don't know. Uh, you're not it's going It's above,
0: uh, it's above what Sam and I got in the last...
1: okay but you're not going to ivy league trivia school unfortunately so um, no
0: no got denied (laughs) Uh, deferred deferred to be fair i'm
1: deferred. yes yes, cool all right everyone thank you for joining us for mandatory reshoots this was our hereditary review we'll be back sometime soon for at least mission possible which the reviews are out and it's supposed to be spectacular so i'm excited i know eric's excited And uh, yeah, we'll be back at the end of the month for that. Hopefully, earlier with something else. Uh, Maybe I can trick someone into watching Jurassic World 2 with me. Don't do it, someone. Don't do it. Anyone. Anyone. Thanks again. We're mandatory reshoots. Thanks for listening. All right. See you guys. Thanks again for joining us. We just wanted to extend a special thanks to Andrew David for providing the music for the podcast. Feel free to check out his stuff at andrewdavidv.com.